There are over 500 careers I reference when I work with my clients. We often think about careers that require a four-year degree. However, some of the highest, most in-demand careers are in the career and technical education world, which often only includes a certification or a two-year degree. Half of all STEM jobs call for workers with less than a bachelor's degree. Career care occupations are projected to grow 18% by 2026, adding more than 2 million new jobs. I felt it was important that we talk about this topic with one of the experts I know. Today's guest is Debbie Schaefer, the Career and Technical Education Director of the fourth largest school district in Texas with a CTE enrollment of over 26,000 students. Northside ISD offers over 135 different CTE courses, which includes coherent sequences of courses in health science and engineering, where enrollment has dramatically increased over the last three years. Deb is a career educator in her 29th year of helping students to find what they are passionate about. I've had the honor of getting to know Deb while serving on her CTE advisory board for many years and have seen her passion for the world of career and technical occupations. I am so excited to have Deb as our guest today. Um, I have known Deb for years. I have served on advisory boards with her, as the intro mentioned. But more importantly, I've gotten to see her passion and her knowledge and her insight, and I've learned so much from her in regards to the career and technical education world. And the reason I invited her was, couple of uh, um, couple of reasons. One, I want her to talk about what it's like to be a career and technical teaching educator, administrator, lives in that world. And I also wanted her to give us some insight into our young adults and honestly our parents about CTE pathways and the power of those um, directions that students may go that they may not even have all the information to know that it's actually a great fit. So welcome. Thank them. you so much for having me. You are, I'm my honor. <laughs> well, obviously it's, this podcast is titled, What's Your Career Story? And so I always want to start off with hearing from our guests on how they got to where they are and and your background. So please share your story. Awesome. Um, I was actually in career and technical education kid myself. I've been in career and technical education. I often joke since I was 12 years old. Um, I took my first class when I was in the seventh grade and um, absolutely fell in love and took a, a career tech class of one kind or another every single year until I graduated um, from, from public high school. And the thing that that probably touched me the most about those classes is that it didn't de- it didn't depend um, your success or your experience in that class and the lessons you learned didn't depend on what you were going to be. They mattered to everyone. So whether you were going to go into computers or agriculture or manufacturing or business or education like me, everything I was learning was applicable. And oftentimes when you're in, in school – that's not the case. That's not how you feel about all your classes. And I felt that about every single current technical education class that I took, even if the content wasn't a hundred percent relevant to what I thought I wanted to be. Cause I did, I did vacillate a little bit. Um, and I was glad to hear you mention, um, parents because there are a lot of parents and we talk about parents often when we're doing programming because we know we have to appeal to parents But at that same time, we have to make them aware because career and technical education in 
2020 looks very different than career and technical education in the 90s, in the 80s when I was part of it, and then the 70s and so far back. People often have a very um, aged idea of what uh, what vocational <laughs> career and technical mm-hmm. education is. And if you just go on what those preconceived ideas are um, – you may not be making the right suggestions for your student and thinking that um, what they're taking is not going to be relevant to what they're going to be doing for their life because we all have the same goal. We we are educating your kids so they are going to be able to go out into the world and support themselves and be contributing citizens. That is what we all want to do. Um, and if we're not doing it with a, with a 21st century lens, then we're not going right. to do a good job whether, you know, whatever they want to be. Um, so, it was important to me to do something with my life that mattered. Mm. I'm also a very practical person by nature. So I also needed to know um, that what I was going to do was going to make me money. Um, and I think oftentimes people get wrapped up in what's sexy. Um, and and again, we when we're planning programming, we talk about that too. Um, what are we going to call something, you know, to, mm-hmm. to give it that sexy factor, but Again, putting putting kids into pathways that are going to get them jobs and careers that they actually are going to be able to find work in mm-hmm. and um, create productive lives for themselves. Right. Um, so I knew I knew I wanted to be in the current technical realm teaching. I was 95 percent sure I was that kid that played school with anybody who would play with me, um, whether they wanted to or not, um, because I I teach naturally. Um, but. I, I was drawn, um, you know, by some of some of those other things. But at the end of the day, I went with something that I knew I would be able to find a job, but then met all of those other things that I knew were so important. Um, and I'm happy that that current tech hasn't changed. That's that is a piece of it that hasn't changed. All of the skill sets um, are so very relevant to all kids, regardless of what path they're going to end up walking down into their adult life. Right. You know, and of course, I live in the world of careers in general with what I do. And I have never seen a more concerted effort to educate the population about what actually are career and technical educations. And you said it beautifully. I always joke about, um, are you going to be able to eat? You know, if you're going to get a certification or you're going to get a a two-year degree, associate's degree of uh, a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, which, by the way, a lot of the PhDs <laughs> struggle to eat. Are you going to be able to find a job? Right. And it's a conversation I just don't think we talk enough about. I think the world of careers is challenging enough because there are so many. I mean, I pull from 500. There are careers that people have no concept of. Right. Um, you know, in the last podcast, we talked with the genetic counselor. Majority of people have no idea even what that is. Right. Well, and there's a lot of careers that our kids will be working in at some point in time that don't even exist as you and I are sitting here talking. Exactly. So that's a really hard place for us that are trying to educate kids into the right pathways to deal with. Right. Um, you know, we're preparing you for a job that that hasn't hired, you know, the first person yet. Right. So a lot of times, half of my clients are actually adults. People don't realize that. And I have people who will come and they're perfectly aligned for being an educator. Some may have a degree, some may not. And they think, well, I can't be a teacher because I don't have a degree. And so that's one thing I get to educate them about, that within the CTE world, depending on what their their profession has been, 
they actually can parlay into teaching. So talk a little bit about that. So you talked or referenced a little bit that there has not been um, as big a push for educating about career and technical education. And that has has really circled back to a to a wonderful relationship between education folks and business and mm. industry. And um, when House Bill 5 aligned in Texas and in Current technical programs were realigned with the state. We were very, very lucky that business and industry were both at the table um, with educators. And they said, um, we need people in industry today, <laughs> much less five years from now. And in some industries, 10 years from now, that industry will cease to exist unless we're working together. So we've been very fortunate that there's been some realigning um, and some growth in alternate ways to certify as an educator. Mm-hmm. So in career – and actually, let me back up, not even just in career and technical education. In, ed- in education in general, um, if you do have that bachelor's degree but not that teacher certification, you can always – Go back and get it at, at a college or university, but you can also work with an alternate certification program. Um, so you actually are earning just that teacher certification part and how it pertains to the state that you live in. And they all look a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, but they have, you know, there's externship experiences that you'll have to do. There's particular professional development that you have to go through, um, observation kinds of things that you need to experience. Um, they all have, you know, basically um, the same kinds of structures, just with the each state has its own little special twist. But in Texas, career and technical business and industry leaders spoke up and said, certified teachers with degrees are great. However, when we're talking about some very specialized career and technical mm-hmm. Areas, particularly welding, plumbing, electrical, construction, automotive, collision, where this uh, culinary, where skill sets are very high and um, performance in those fields are very dependent on your experiences. The state reworked some systems for certifying teachers to honor those experiences. So um, some of those jobs, teaching jobs, require um, some teacher certification, but within that teacher certification are two years of industry experience with an industry certification. So for example, um, if I am going to hire a um, former police officer to teach law enforcement, their certification is a cert- their certified peace officer certification. If they have in Texas, if they have worked um, within the last 10 years, um, for at least two years in industry, then I can consider them for what's called a district permit. So without going through an alternative certification program, without going through a college or university program, um, I evaluate their job experiences. And as a school district, we are able to recommend to the state of Texas that they teach for us um, in our district based on their experiences. Um, And in Texas, that's called a district permit. Um, so it's pretty That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is awesome that we have that opportunity. Um, and those district permits can be considered for people who have bachelor's degrees in that field or maybe even something unrelated, mm-hmm. associate's degrees, or in some cases, even high school diplomas. Obviously, um, different years of work experience based on the different levels of um, educational degrees or not. So you mentioned House Bill 5, which I think it's been, what, year four? This is, I think, your sixth. 
Is it your sex? <laughs> I think wow, so. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about House Bill 5. I know Texas is unique. There are states that have very similar things. Um, but just to understand, there's especially I, I find with my parents are very confused by it. It can be very confusing. In fact, um, when it first came out, I had little uh, professional development sessions with my mom friends to teach them (laughs) about it so they would understand when their kids brought home their choice cards. So essentially, it's a big um, bill, but but in a nutshell, it is um, setting a certain amount of credits that all students are going to have to earn – Their basic minimum graduation standards, that's where your English and your math, your science, your social studies, fine arts, all of those standard classes are going to align. But then students can – and that's called the foundations program. And then students can earn foundations plus endorsement, which is essentially like declaring a major. Mm -hmm. And there's five different broad – Categories, kind of like um, I'm going to graduate under the School of Science mm-hmm. or the School of Mathematics. And then with under, under that School of Science or Math, and I specialize with my major. Um, so there's a multidisciplinary uh, endorsement. There's an arts and humanities endorsement. There's a public service endorsement, a business and industry endorsement, and a STEM endorsement. And then underneath each of those larger umbrellas or those schools – are programs of study or majors where kids can specialize in a particular area. So if I'm a student who is very interested in engineering, my school is going to be STEM, and then I would specialize in an engineering program of study. Some parents and students absolutely love that Mm -hmm, because they're very passionate about a particular class or or a project or an industry already have a lot of success in it. Um, some parents get very freaked out about that. Some kids get freaked mm-hmm. out about that. Um, you're making me, you know, focus and right. I'm 12 years old. Right. Um, that's why we have the multidisciplinary mm-hmm. because because you can still earn an endorsement with trying all different kinds of elective right. courses because you haven't decided or maybe you have decided, but you just want to take a whole lot of different elective courses mm-hmm. in your time when you're in high school um, when you can try things out for free. Right. Um, yeah, that's so true. And I do. I It's funny because when I work with my clients, obviously, I take a really comprehensive approach because I want them to know where people who are like them are. I want them to articulate what they like, which, by the way, they love everything right now. So it makes <laughs> it really difficult. Mm-hmm. And then what are they good at? I mean, the aptitude piece is critical, right. which, by the way, I know Northside has just implemented Choices 360. Um, that is a career instrument, or maybe it was even a year yeah, ago. Yeah, they've been doing it, yeah. But it has aptitude in it, which is it does. huge. It is huge. And when I am honored to talk it with any of the classes or the schools, I say, make sure you take it. Because being able to learn about that then allows you to say, you know what? I would love to go into biomedical engineering, or I would love to go, you know, I really want to be a mechanic. I want to work with my hands. I like learning, but I don't love formal education. And I want short-term learning goals. It gives you a great starting point. It does. Every time I talk to students, I always talk to them about the importance of thinking about what they're good at. Right. If you can think about what you're good at and what you like, and then look at all the career opportunities Mm -hmm. that, that align there, then you are more likely to have the same kind of work experience that I have had, where you wake up every single day and you are thrilled at what you're doing. Well, and you made a cute little story about playing teacher. 
Yeah. My best friend from elementary school, she was a teacher. She's now a principal. Right. I mean, it's if you look at how they played, it's funny. Funny, yesterday um, I was cleaning up my home office and I came across my youngest daughter, who's a junior in Northside, and she had um, written some essays in like the fourth grade. And it was all about the ocean and the animals and all this random stuff. The class she talks most about as a STEM student is her aquatic science. Mm -hmm. We hear more from her about her learning from her aquatic science. Yeah. And so that is it lights parent, her fire. Yeah. <laughs> as a parent, you tune into what are they talking about when they come home and talk about school? And invariably, it's a great indicator of, you know, where they need to be. Well, and where do their natural gifts lie? Exactly. And how can you capitalize on those natural gifts? My own personal child who was a current technical student, is a current technical student in college, um, her passions and and her and her skills have always aligned with helping people. Right. Always since she was a little bitty tiny girl. So for her to go into a, a career field where she wasn't able to help another right. human being would be pretty unfulfilling for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that yet you know parents paying attention to to where your kids lie, where your kids' gifts lie maybe even uh, totally unrelated to thinking about careers and being realistic uh, um, about what they like and what they're good at and less about what what we (laughs) like and what we're good at. Well, and funny enough, the the least reliable person to give career advice are parents. (laughs) You know, we love them. We know we're either going to mess them up forever or we're going to get to say we did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mean, it's a lot of pressure. And I tell that lot. with my young adults. I'm it's like, hard. give your parents grace because it's not fun. No. No one says it's not fun, but it's not. It's a huge responsibility. And it's scary because you don't want to guide the person that you love more than anything in the whole wide world bad advice. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to set them up for a life that's going to be difficult. You want right. We as parents want things to be as easy as possible mm-hmm. for our kids in the long run. I mean, of course, you want them to have challenges because you learn from that, but um, it's hard. And I think, you know, I, I always say I want, I want for my daughters and I want for my clients, I want them to love learning. Even sometimes when one of my clients, they look at a career and it's like a master's degree and they're like, I cannot I can't commit to that. And I say, okay, let me tell you the the wonderful thing about master's degrees yeah. is you've gotten through all the stuff that right. you kind of cared about and then it gets great. Right. Then you're entirely focusing on what you are passionate yes. about. With a bunch of people who are just like you. Yeah. And in some ways, the associate degree is exactly like that. I always joke and we're big art people, but for – Specializing something that requires a certification or an associate's degree, you're stripping off that art history if you don't care about art history. And you get to get into the meat and potatoes and love what you're doing. Right. You have a little bit of that that English and math, which are very, very important and and are important for practicing skills Mm -hmm. that are going to be – you know, so, so, so important for you to be successful in your life, being able to do some basic math and being able to to be a good written and verbal communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you move on from that. Right. And you really get to live um, in what your passion is. And that's and that's nice. Um, I have been um, blessed to get to meet a lot of CTE students. I um, go and speak at many of the classes um, within your district and other districts. And they are the most excited group of students. 
you can feel the, how happy they are and how engaging they are. Um, there's something really powerful about that type of learning environment and, and them getting to do something that they're so intrigued with and interested in. Well, they get to live in what they're passionate about and practice it daily. Um, a lot of the of the projects and skills and externships and internship experiences um, make make them feel grown up and right. treat them like they're grown up. And that's what kids want to be. They want to be respected and 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 treated um, like a grown up. And and those are the kinds of things that are going to be expected of a student that's participating um, in a career and technical um, project or, or an externship. I was at uh, the uh, stock show earlier today oh, because uh-huh. we had some agriculture students that were showing and just watching the presence of students showing a goat that can be much more unruly than any child. <laughs> um, but the composure on their face, their postures, um, never taking their eyes off the judges. And you could see the training and the skills that they have been um, been shown and that they've been practicing for years and years. It's amazing to watch and you feel so proud. Mm. When we run statistics um, on CTE students, it is not Unusual to find that graduation rates of current technical education students are higher than non-current technical education students. Attendance rates Mm. are higher. Discipline incidences are lower. And they're performing at a higher level on standardized tests than non-CTE students. Mm -hmm. Um, They're invested. Um, they They know why they're there. Right. They They want and they want to participate. I want to have all these experiences. And if I don't take care of my business – you know, my business of coming to school and doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm there, then I'm not going to get to participate. I'm not going to have really all those great opportunities and those real world experiences and working with real business and industry folks. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that run uh, the Gerlach stock show that I was at this morning, they're so valuable in our community and our students are working with those folks all the time. Um, so it's really it's really amazing um, when you look at CTE students um, and what they are able to do compared um, to non-CTE right. students um, within our school communities and outside. I have had parents say to me, so I know you're a real advocate of CTE pathways. However, <laughs> my child needs to go to college for a four-year degree. So when you work with them, how are you going to deal with that? Of course, my number one priority is for that young adult. Um, It is their journey. And I think as parents, we want our children to be successful. And be challenged. Absolutely. Be curious. And if we don't give them that gift and allow it to be their journey with grace and support, we will, I'll see them when they're in their 40s. And I jokingly tell my parents, and you're going to be blamed your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> it's the way it happens. So how do we break that stigma? Well, I think we need to let parents know that what they want for their kids is what we want for them too. Oh, that's beautifully so, said. Um, and sometimes we can get there in a better way. Um, how many times, I mean, you're a parent, I'm a parent, how many times did 
you know, somebody else say the exact same things to right. your kids that you'd been saying for years. And then all of a sudden that parent's the brightest parent in the whole room. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that message gets across different when it's not from your mom and dad. Um, in every single career and technical education course that is offered um, in the state of Texas and, and my I haven't looked at all the standards in other states, but my I would venture to guess they're probably similar. Um, there is a career readiness component and um, where there's employability skills, there's levels of education. And it, it is our responsibility to teach kids when you find clusters or passions that you want to pursue or look into for your future, what are all the levels of education right. that can possibly be considered. So we're we as educators are going to be talking to kids about within this big umbrella, these are things you can do right out of high school. These are things you can do an associate's degree, a master's degree, a PhD, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. So kids understand the big picture. Um, but it's also about providing opportunities for kids to affect their perspective. So Sometimes kids are fearful of college or university because they've never stepped foot. Mm -hmm, So it's really hard to imagine something for yourself that you've never experienced. Mm -hmm. So, again, it goes back to all the opportunities that current technical education teachers offer kids. Um, For example, in our school district, um, we offer summer camps. I offer summer camps at a university because – I know for some of those kids, that's going to be the first time that they ever step foot. In addition, I ask the university to have an end of camp event where parents are invited to come because sometimes parents have never set foot in a university and it's hard to imagine something you've never experienced or never seen. It's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming and very scary. Um, And we have to cut parents a break. Mm. It's hard to be entirely realistic about your own Kids sometimes because you're so close, mm-hmm. um, taking a step back and 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 listening to what other people are saying about opportunities for your kids too, because they might be seeing something that that you're not. So I know some statistics of that you provided me, which um, are pretty powerful. It's just how fast the CTE world is growing. In 2016, industry based certifications. Um, we're about 2,925. 2017, <laughs> it was about 2,200 or 3,200. And 2018, we're close to 4,000. And 2019, it's 4,600. <laughs> that is significant <laughs> growth. Well, again, thanks to business and industry, they spoke up and also um, post-secondary education. Um, our universities and colleges are really working to uh, communicate to public schools certification opportunities that we can help afford our kids. Because when you talk about industry certifications, industry-based certifications, there are some that are just not realistic because they are so very, very, very right. difficult that adults that have been working in the field have a hard time mm-hmm. passing. So – Business and industry, colleges and universities have spoken up and they have, they have said to us and to each other, because we all are working um, collaboratively, that these are certifications that high school kids really can sit for. They really can be successful with. So it, it's not, you know, such a stab in the dark anymore for, for educators about what we need to be offering our students. We're being communicated to on a very regular basis about valuable industry certifications that we offer our students. Um, and in our 
school district in Northside, we try really hard to make sure our students are getting an opportunity for three di- three different levels of certification. So we have entry-level certifications, which is where um, you're going to be getting something, not that it's not high skill, but um, it's going to be your introduction kinds of things, things that you would do at the beginning of your job um, when you first got hired. Um, the middle level are going to be um, – after you've been working in the field for a little bit, maybe with a little bit of experience or certifications that you have to have to be able to work in industry. So for example, in health science, if you are working with a patient, you have to have a certain level of a CPR certification called basic life support. So that's kind of that middle level. So it's a step up. And then we have our our exit level industry-based certifications um, that you will not be hired in industry unless you have these things and they're very particular to industry. For example, like EMT certification, Mm -hmm. um, which students in Northside spend an entire year, not only in classroom instruction, but also in clinical and ambulance experience in order to be able to sit for the national registry for emergency medical technician. So So that when they get out of high school, they're able to work in that field. Yes, ma'am. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. And, you know, some of I mentioned, you know, some of my students who are hands-on, you know, want to get out and working. Oftentimes parents don't realize that sometimes there are some that they could, you know, programs and, and partnerships where they can come out with their associate's degree from high school. So yes. information is power. That's always what I say. It is. I just, um, I guess about three weeks ago, learned about one of our Northside graduates who was working in the automotive collision industry. And that student, two years out of high school, makes more money than I do in my mm-hmm. 29th year of yes. working. Yes. <laughs> and that, again, is part of having all of the, the pieces of the puzzle right. to make those informed decisions. Right. And if you start with what you're interested in and what you're good at, yeah. what a better place. I know. Because the rest is just gathering research right. and then making decisions mm-hmm. to get you to that end point. And just because you make a decision, for example, to be an EMT or a pharmacy technician, which are two very in-demand, high-paying jobs that Northside students are earning certifications in currently, that doesn't mean that you stop educating yourself. Right. right. You can work those jobs and go back to school mm-hmm. to be something else or just to go back to school for the love of learning um, and continue working in those fields. Because again, who you are when you're 18 years old is not who you are when you're 25 absolutely, and not who you are when you're 30. Um, And that's, you know, important thing because we pick careers um, in high school, end of eighth grade year, we're picking picking it based on interest and and interest doesn't stabilize till 25. So it's unrealistic to think that that one thing is what you're going to do forever. I know my daughter who is in her MBA program in Nashville, um, she had come home after her undergrad and I don't know what happened, but she said, do you know that Northside offered cosmetology? And I'm like, (laughs) yes. And she's like, why didn't I do that too? That's so cool. And so here, you know, she had, she has her path and she's like, well, looking backwards going, gosh, that's kind of cool. Why didn't I think to study that as well? Right. And I I hate sometimes we don't give our students the grace of getting to explore and. Right. It's, it's hard that they have to make choices. Right. But when you um, only have so many slots that you can fit courses into, you have to you you have to unfortunately um, give some things yeah. up um, and and 
going to school in a, in a big school district, um, in big schools, sometimes you have to do that a little, a little more often um, than not. That's why it's important to participate in youth leadership organizations, mm. be in clubs. You might not have been able to take the class, but be in the club right. um, and participate that way. It's why it's important to take advantage of summer camps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to do internships, externships. My daughter would not be in her career field if she had not done um, an internship and and hadn't done some shadowing. Never had it come up in any of our conversations. Mm -hmm. And it was all because of one experience. So, um, you know, things can really be life-changing for you, but you have to put yourself out there. Right. I I totally agree. So tell me, as we kind of come to the end, I always want people to share three words of wisdom, which I know it was hard for you to only have three. It was hard to only have three. Because we do pontificate a lot together. <laughs> so I'm curious which three you came up with. So my first one's um, really something I've been talking about this entire interview, and I tried really hard to not use the word a whole lot because <laughs> I knew I was going to use it at the end. But perspective oh. is huge. Every opportunity you can put yourself into, every person that you can talk to, any question you can ask, any um, summer job you can take, um, any class you can register for is all going to change your perspective. People only know what they know. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to be willing to put yourself into a situation, even some of the most uncomfortable ones, you'll learn the most because it, it affects and shapes your perspective. So you might be exposed to something that you wouldn't necessarily do today, but five years from now, it's going to be something. And because you experienced it, you knew it You knew it was an option. Um, the other word is gratitude. Um, it is important that we don't forget in our lives to thank the people mm. that we work with along the way. Um, you never know who you might be working with. You never know who you might be working for. You never know life what your what your life holds for you. Um, and you don't want to ever be in a situation where you don't get to appreciate someone for what they have done with you or for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so gratitude is really important. And then also um, to be brave. Mm. And um, I am not brave by nature. I'm not a risk taker. That's not who I am. But... I have this job in particular. Um, I was scared, very, very scared um, to be in charge of a program that was so huge and so massive. Um, But every single day when I'm driving home, I'm so incredibly thankful and grateful that um, I get to be part of something that's so amazing for thousands and thousands of kids across our district but I had to be a little bit brave. Um, but but because I had special people in my life, I could I could reach out to them and, and touch base, and they helped me to be brave. Um, so those were my three words That's that right. I and I think they apply everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you're gonna. No matter what you're going to do with yourself. Yeah, I, t- I that's beautifully said. Thanks. Beautifully said. So I saw something because I get a newsletter through the mail from Northside and. I cut it out and I said, okay, Deb, I want you to talk about this today. So will you share a little bit about it? I will. So perspective, as I said, is huge. Um, And um, Northside feels the same way. So we are really, really working hard to make sure that from K through 12, our students have 
plenty of opportunity to affect their perspective. And one of the ways that we're doing it within the realm of current technical education is through magnet programs. And magnet programs are not new. They're not um, They're not unique to Northside. Um, we did have one of the first one with Health Careers High School, um, which was started back in 1984, um, way before wow. magnet schools right, were a thing. But we're also hearing from our parents that they're nervous about middle school. Um, and, and all of the things that happen, um, in, in kids development in, in that 11, 12, 13, 14 year old range. Um, so we are taking all of the amazing things that happen and are parts of magnet school programs and we're bringing them to the middle school level. So we will be starting with a sixth grade class, um, in the fall of next year, a STEM magnet at Anson Jones middle school. Um, it'll be located on that campus. Then we'll grow to 6th and 7th grade. Then we'll grow to 6th, 7th, and 8th grade at the end, uh, for the third year. The students that go through that program will be automatically accepted into the Science and Engineering Academy at John Jay High School, um, which, of course, is a STEM-focused uh-huh. magnet as well. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, and then currently the district is working on projects for some middle school magnets to come. That's great. Yeah, That's it's wonderful. really exciting. Yeah, you know, everybody keeps talking. We have to push the careers down into middle school, which I understand. I love. I do get a little concerned sometimes because yeah. they start to feel the pressure sooner. Right, but, which with perspective. Yes, yes. Yes. It's really, we're not making you choose a STEM even though STEM is part, really part of most all jobs. Right. We're not saying you have to choose a science or an engineering or a math field mm-hmm. right now. Um Again, it's providing exposure and, yep. a, and a way of challenging our kids to think rigorously with right. a project-based focus, which is a big shift in, in what a lot of our business and industries are doing now. Um, they're really working um, with project-based focus, mm-hmm. and we want our kids' brains to think that way too so they're prepared for whatever field they go into. Right. No, I love this. I think it's I think it's a phenomenal it's program. It's so, so exciting. I, I, congrats yeah. on it. Thanks. I'm a big thrilled. Yeah, the Northside is really, um, really benchmark and um, in listening to our community mm-hmm. and all parts of our community, listening to our stakeholders. Um, what, have, what are our businesses and industries telling us? What are our kids saying through their enrollment and courses? And what are our parents wanting for those kids? And and looking for creative, unique, um, experiential ways for that to happen mm-hmm. for our families. Right. Now, I know you have an event coming up which I love. And so tell us a little bit about it. So we talked a little bit about teaching and that teaching's not sexy. Um, and well, often, I think it is. I think it is too. Let but. me just say, when I am in a school and I am there all day, I am never more exhausted. I have enormous respect. You're on your feet the whole time. Even between classes, you have a student who's coming in early asking questions or staying late asking questions. There is no time to go to the restroom. But it is <laughs> such every class, their personalities are so hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, you know, there are people who want to go into the education, they but are. they have thought, oh, I can't because of X, Y, and Z. So I love right. this program. So um, we find that people, if they choose to go into education – it more likely is in, in the elementary level. Secondary teachers, like we talked about earlier, it's very often they come to it later as a second career. Um, there's not as many folks who decide to go into secondary education while they're in high school or they declare that as their major. Um, I think if I remember my stats right, it's only about 4%. Um, so it's cool. pretty tiny. Um, but 
one thing we have teaching short teaching shortages all over the yes, place we do. in current right in current technical education as well as other areas. So uh, our school district is really trying hard to um, think about ways that we can um, talk about what what being a teacher is all about. So um, there is a grant out there that's that got us thinking about our current employees. So our Northside employees who are working in some capacity. Um, we have a huge amount of instructional assistance, um, but also bus drivers, custodians, uh, administrative support staff, um, all capacities outside of the classroom. Are you interested in being a teacher? Um, is teaching someone, teaching children, something that you think you would like to do? And we're going to be hosting a, an event called NEON, Northside Employee Opportunity Network, where we are going to be inviting all of those those non-teaching um, Northside employees, if they're interested in transitioning into being a teacher, um, to this event where they can hear about what that path will look like um, through a college or university, through an alternate certification program or that district permit certification program that I was talking about for current technical education. They'll hear for, from our superintendent. They'll hear from um, employees that did that route already. Um, I actually have a brand new current technical uh, teacher this year who used to be um, an instructional assistant um, and has transitioned in the classroom. That's she actually right. was just um, it just was announced she is the new teacher of the year for her campus. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so pretty amazing. So I have my fingers crossed yeah. that she'll get the award for the whole district, mm-hmm. not just for her campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those folks will be able to, to talk to us about what is it, how can I be a CT teacher or an English teacher or a math teacher? What does that look like? And we're, we're going to invite um, the alternate certification programs there, some colleges and universities that offer teacher certification. So they understand what this looks like um, for them realistically, time-wise, financially, and and how they can continue in the Northside family because they're really important to us in the capacity that they are in now and will continue to be so if if they shift into the into the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's it's a great way to bring in people who are already attached to the district and and what I want people just to walk away from with this podcast is that no matter where you are in your journey, education can be a part of it. Well, so and consider no matter it. right, and no matter where you are and what you want to do for your life, teaching is in every single yes, field. Right. Um I mentioned earlier that the state realigned programs of study. Well, the the secondary program of study is now called teaching and training, which is awesome because there's that whole training component. I mean, when you look at, uh, for example, a company like Rackspace, their professional development department is called Rack University. So they, you know, teaching is part of every single business, every single industry. You might not want to be a public school teacher, but you might want to work in the training and development Mm -hmm. department for a company. Right. Perfect. Well, I have to tell you, I always learn so much from you. Um, (laughs) And I have to say, when I have a client who is interested in a field that I know Deb can provide assistance to, I reach out and she always makes introductions and and works to get that individual into a career path that they would love. So she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. So I I really appreciate you taking the time to come and share what you do and talk about the importance of of the CTE world. And um, if you want to learn more, 
about CTE, where would you direct them? So I definitely would love for them to give me a call. So if you go to the Northside website, nisd.net, and then under the department links, go down to current technical education, and then you can um, see my hot link and you can send me an email directly and I can get you to the right person. I can get you to the right campus. I can get you to the right program of study teacher at the campus that you're interested in because of course they they can talk um some details where i can talk gen- generally but um when you're looking at a district as large as as we are sometimes people can get frustrated because they don't know where to start i definitely encourage and welcome anyone to start with me and then i'll get you in the right place great Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you all for listening. We will actually have a, a teacher principal um, will be our guest in the next couple of podcasts. And we'll talk specifically about being a teacher, the, the wonderful things and the areas of opportunity, because no matter what the career is, there is always those areas of opportunity. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And I look forward to the next podcast and hope all of you proceed with confidence. Thanks. Thank you for listening to What's Your Career Story? If you'd like early access to episodes, you can join us at whatsyourcareerstory.com. If you'd like to learn about career paths, sign up for our monthly newsletter, which is also available at whatsyourcareerstory.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.